So what happened to our universities? I mean, it, it's been an ongoing thing. It's been an ongoing thing. It, it It's shocking where it is, though. Despite knowing the, how ongoing it was. Now, we knew prior to October the 7th how intolerant they were. We knew uh, what a left-wing hole it was, you know. And we knew that it was increasingly, there was no meritocracy there any, anymore. But then, on October the 7th, when we saw the sheer delight on news of the mass murder of people dancing at a dance festival, and it looked, it looked just like 1930s Germany, more so than anything you would see here in America. And now, not a day goes by when a university professor or student group is not spouted sort of anti, some sort of anti-Semitic hatred. Which, by the way, most of them don't even know what they're talking about. They have no idea what they're saying. They will threaten and attack Jewish students or engage in mass demonstrations calling for the extinction of Israel. Except they don't really have any idea what they're saying. Why and how did purportedly enlightened universities become incubators of such primitive hatred? After the George Floyd riots in 2020, the reparatory admissions, the effort to uh, admit diverse students beyond their numbers in general population, increased. And that's always a mistake. Elite universities like Stanford and Yale vo boasted that their so-called white incoming student numbers had plunged to between 20 and 40 percent, despite white people making up 68 to 70 percent of the general population. They abolished the SAT requirement. They also uh, they also got rid of the comparative ranking of high school grade point averages, and they've ended the ancient and time proven idea of meritocracy. Brilliant high school transcripts and test scores no longer warrant admissions to the so called elite schools. One result was that the number of Jews has nosedived from twenty thirty percent of Ivy League student bodies. Uh, during the 70s and 80s to 10 to 15 percent. They're also currently stereotyped as white and privileged and thus considered as fair game. And if you're Jewish too, well, good God. And male? Oh, well, forget it. Forget about it. And at the same time, the number of foreign students, especially from the oil-rich Middle East, has soared on campuses. Most are subsidized by their homeland governments. They pay the full, non-discounted tuition rate to cash-hungry universities. And huge numbers have entered who have not been admitted by the very standard universities until recently claimed were vital to ensure their own competitiveness and prestige. So nowadays, the Ivy League is more like the uh, wilted league, you know? They're, this is not the best and the brightest, the creme de la creme. And, you know, they're no longer the guarantors of top flight undergraduates and professionals from their graduate programs. Faculty are now faced with the new lose-lose-lose choices of either diminishing their course requirements or inflating their grades or facing charges on, in, by the DEI commissars of systematic bias in their grading. Are all three of combined 
And now you've got thousands of students from abroad, especially from the Middle East, far fewer Jewish students and student bodies who demand radical changes in faculty standards and coursework to accommodate their unease with past standards of expected student achievement. Now that in and of itself simply lends itself uh, to accommodate all of this new anti-Semitism, which naturally followed. See, we've created a vacuum here of expectation. And advocacy studies classes proliferated along with the faculty to teach them. So you've got gender, black, Latino, feminist, Asian, queer, trans, peace, environmental, and green study courses. And they demand far less from students and arbitrarily select some as oppressed and others as oppressors. So the former victims are then given a blank check to engage in racist and anti-Semitic behavior without consequence, sort of as a revenge tactic, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. Proving to be politically correct in these deductive gut courses rather than pressed to express yourself coherently or inductively and analytically from a repertoire of fact-based knowledge explains why, why we have a faculty that is both faculty and students that are both arrogant and ignorant at the same time. At some universities, blacklists circulate warning marginalized students which professors they should avoid who still cling to the outdated standards regarding exam taking and deadlines and absences. And this explains the current spectacle of the angry students citing grievances and poorly educated graduates who have had little coursework in traditional history, literature, philosophy, logic, or the traditional sciences. Universities and students have plenty of money to continue the weaponization of the university, given their enormous tax-free endowment income. We have nearly $2 trillion in government-subsidized student loans issued without accountability or reasonable demands that they be repaid in a timely fashion. Although exceptions and exemptions are the Bible of the terrified and careerist administrators. So now they're faced with this epidemic of anti-Semitism, and they now claim they can do little to curb the hatred. But they privately know that the targets of similar hatred be instead gays, blacks, Latinos, women, then they would expel the haters in a nanosecond. So what is the ultimate result of a once elite campus giving a 70 to 80% of their students A's, becoming hotbeds of dangerous anti-Semitism and watered-down curricula that cannot turn out an educated student? Well, I would say it was sort of out there. They're going to go the way of Disney and Bud Light. Their reputations are crashing. Things are going to go sideways for them very, very shortly.